On this episode of the Joseph Cortez Show, I get a chance to interview my good friend, Mr. Jerry Dugan. Jerry is a fellow podcaster with the Beyond the Rut podcast. He's also a dance dad like me and has uh, uh, great insights into life and parenting and just uh, the overall worldview is pretty cool from Jerry. So uh, it's a fun conversation. We get through a lot of topics and we hope you enjoy it. As always, if you do enjoy it, please uh, tell your friends, subscribe and share it on the social media. Uh, so without further ado, Mr. Jerry Dugan. All right, we are back. For another episode of the Joseph Cortez Show, I'm Joseph Cortez, and usually sitting to my right is uh, Jennifer V, but she's got the day off today, and so I'm proud to be joined by one of my good friends, fellow podcast host of Beyond the Rut, Mr. Jerry Dugan. Hey, that's me. Yeah, Jerry's, uh, what? Oh, geez, we've known each other for... Ever. Yeah, I think at least 10, 11 years going on, 07. Yeah, uh, we were in the same real estate company, and that's how we met. Well, we also went to the same church. We still yeah. go to the same church. Still go to the same church. And uh, let's see, that was, what, 2006, give or take a year. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. And, uh, so 13 years. Wow, that's been yeah. a long time. Seeing your kids, yeah, because we used to go to the home team together. Yes. And your daughter was tiny, and Little. now she's not. <laughs> I know. Now she's like a teenage brat, Miss Popularity. It's, yeah. And yeah. your son just went off to college. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, man. That's that's a trial. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'm proud of him. I'm like, yeah, my boy. He's now a young man. And then I turn around and I see my wife and she's just torn up that her baby boy is now a young man off to college and doesn't come home every night. And Yeah. And I, I've seen all those Facebook posts this year. I guess that means we're just getting older because all our friends' yes. kids are going to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is bittersweet because, you know, it, it's funny because I would see on Facebook all my other friends as their kids were aging out of high school and going off to college. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I don't really care about your kids. But now that we've gone through it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody please feel bad for us. We're going through heartache. And like, it feels like our son has died, but he's just five or six hours away. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, of course, so used to seeing them there every morning yeah. and evenings and, kind of, and then adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going you know, off to be a man. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully a proper way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That too. <laughs> Especially yeah. since his girlfriend went with him. We uh, hope that yeah. he kind of stays on the straight and narrow as best as possible. Yeah. So. Decade decade delays, as Pastor Bill would say. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping he doesn't. Yeah, we're hoping he doesn't start any of those. Yeah, so and, and it was... A dad, it's probably like a proud thing to see your son go off and spread his wings. And yeah, but I, yeah, I, I know Liv's probably having a having a time with that yes. as a mom. I mean, she was around. I mean, well, she was around since I was around. But I mean, Jacob was a part of her life before I was a part of her life, and you know, to see him go is is a sad part for her. You know, that yeah. was the start of her family was with Jacob, and you know, now it's like okay, he's gone. But her dream has always been to be a mother. Yeah. Now half that dream has just left and you know, that that's, yeah, it's gotta be, it's, it's just hard for her. And, and I've gotten a taste of it because sure enough that that next week or you know, not even that next week, it was the next couple of days I, I went into his room because I needed a space to work from home. And I went in there and I looked in the corner and there was the bucket where he kept his baseballs, his baseball gloves, <laughs> his baseball bat. And I, I just went back years and years and remembered all the times we played catch and the, all the excitement he had of having me in a dugout with him. And I just walked out of that room and I'm like, Liv, I, I can't be in that room right now. And she's like, why not? And I'm like, his baseball stuff is in the corner still. And she's like, oh, so you now finally feel what I feel. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's a total sense of loss when yeah. you have that this person not there and that, but yeah, I, I could get the memories thing. I mean, shoot, Facebook pops up memories from, uh, since we started with it when our daughter was born, that's yeah. basically the only reason we got a Facebook account. So we could let family know that we had a kid. Oh, there you go. And now yeah. we're seeing memories of like them, you know, it was 11, see memories when they're three and four. Yeah. And just kind of missing those days. But yeah, you know, I really do enjoy the age they're at now. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm ready to go where <laughs> your daughter's at, but she's 
16. 16. Oh, 16 Jesus. years old, yes. <laughs> so she'll be on the road soon. She is not already. already learning how to drive. Oh. And it's just interesting because a lot of kids are waiting to learn how to drive. They are. Yeah, yeah, that was something that shocked us about Jacob's generation. And it's carrying over a little bit with Emma's generation, but not as much. And that is, as long as their parents are willing to drive them everywhere, they're cool with not getting a license. Yeah, it's because they want to be on their phones. Yeah. You know, I think the uh, independence that we sought as teens wanting to get out and drive away is like they could just escape on a screen, I guess. Maybe that's, that's true. it. I never thought about that that yeah, way. They're just like, hey, I think I don't need to go halfway across the city to see my friend. I'm just going to Facebook uh, yeah. live them or Snapchat them or, or TikTok them, I think, is the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think they go to TikTok for all the funny videos. Yeah. And snap to actually talk with each other. Yeah, I think I that's, think that's it, what yeah. I know it down to. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh, geez. It's like there's new <laughs> social media every week. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I guess it's one good thing, though, because if he is on social media, you can kind of keep up with him on that. And Yes, and it has made life and the transition easier because even though it's only been two weeks and we do miss him all throughout the day, every day, we know that we can just pull up the phone and FaceTime him and see his face, see his room. Yeah, that's that pretty cool. Yeah, whereas when I went off to college, no, you got letters, and if I was a good enough son, I'd, I'd actually call you. Yeah. And I wasn't that good of a son, so... <laughs> well, I was thinking like you were in the military, uh-huh. and having FaceTime back then would have been amazing. Oh yeah, I, I you, can you only Iraq? imagine what it's like for the soldiers nowadays who can. You were in Iraq or Afghanistan? I was in Iraq. Yeah. Iraq, okay. So Operation Desert Storm. Uh, another one after that, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That was what year was that? Uh, we kicked that one off March two thousand three, and okay. wow. uh, sometime during the Obama administration, we officially said that we were done over there. But, I mean, you still hear yeah. about news over there. And you're like, hey, I thought we were done in Iraq. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll so, ever be done. I think yeah. they want us there and need us there for a little bit. But, wow. So, I mean, that's that's a whole other thing. But keeping that connection with FaceTime and those different tools yeah, probably hopefully help live. And, and you guys get to the transition of him becoming uh, a bear cat, right? Yep. Yeah. Eat them up cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's, that's really cool. I, I never had the college experience because I was in Japan mm-hmm. and went to a military campus Oh, with my yeah. parents and so I went to school from 4:45 to 10:45 at night at a high school. Oh. And with 30 I was 18, 19 and there's 30-year-olds and 50-year-olds and Japanese people. So it was a really weird. Mm-hmm. It felt more like a like true night school. Yeah. And uh so I never had that college experience of going to the football games and going to all that oh, stuff. Wow. So uh it's, you know my wife's an Aggie, so that's that experience for her was a big deal. So mm-hmm. uh it's kind of cool to to hear those stories and Every now and then, go to a game at a and Yeah, so that's part of the excitement in seeing Jacob go off to college. It's you know him moving into his dorm and having a roommate, talking about going to the dining hall, uh, what you know class is like, you know the school spirit that they've already got, all that. It, it's a part of my life, but now seeing it as the parent and my son going, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so I think that's probably why I'm not as devastated as Olivia is because. I'm seeing my son now go off and do something I experienced. And it's like for a change, he's experiencing a part of what I went through in life. So it's, yeah. So yeah. is that a dad thing? Cause I, I, you know, I like, I want to see my kids grow and I want to see them blossom and I want uh-huh. to see them go and, and experience life. And I think part of it's cause I feel like a farmer of implanting the seed, watering it, fertilizing it. Uh, and sometimes they fertilize it themselves with all the crap. <laughs> uh, but watching them sprout and now, produce fruit yeah and it's 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 a, a, a thing like a thing of honor for me to see them do that and i think the mom's kind of missed being the mom mm-hmm. you know she my mom's i'm 40 and my mom still misses being my mom yeah oh mine too yeah <laughs> uh, my mom tried to give me the birds and bees talk when i was like 23 and i was like uh hold on mom I, i've been in the army and no i i know exactly what you're talking yeah, about i saw biloxi blues and the yeah. trading cards <laughs> <laughs> You remember that movie? Yes. Uh, it's the second time this week that movie's come up in, in some way or shape or form. Uh, and yeah, I, I do wonder about that. I, I would say good dads. It's a good dad thing because, you know, the good dads are engaged in their kids' lives. They had a, an active role in, in raising them and teaching them character and values. Because I see a lot of dads out there who they don't care. You know, they, they really could not care less about what their kids are up to. They're much more interested in their own hobbies, their own, you know, fascination with sports and, you know, seeing their daughter dance in a performance 
they don't want any part of. And it's like, that's what your daughter is doing. Or Yeah, yeah that's that's one thing Jerry and I have uh, another connection we had after the real estate Yeah, is both our daughters were in ballet mm-hmm. and our wives really connected via ballet. Yes. And yeah. uh, it's, it's really cool to watch Emma progress in that and grow and, and find a new passion and uh, not cheer, but it's a dance team Yes, in high school Yeah, and kind of lead the path where Ayla's going. And it's been really cool, but there was a small group of dads that were always there. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. most of the dads at their studio right now are pretty engaged. It's really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and you saw more of what I was just talking about. You did see with like the girls, the girls older than Emma, you know, the dads are just kind of like, ah, just pay the bill. Yeah. You're kind of just, yeah. you're on your own. You, you can drive yourself there now. And, and, and maybe it's just depends on what, if it's a hobby for the kid or a passion for the kid. Cause yeah. I mean, for Ayla, it's like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No one's going to stop me. Not even myself. Yeah. And uh, the day that became evident for me is I picked her up from the studio. And Joss and I had been here at the office hanging out. And Joss had a lollipop. It was the last one at the office. And Ayla gets in the car and goes, hey, where's mine? And Joss goes, well, if you hadn't been dancing, you could probably gotten one. Oh, no. And she turned. She was must have been nine at the time. Yeah. And she turned to Joss and goes, look, if you have something you love as much as I love dance, it, you don't care about lollipops. You're not going to tell me yes. <laughs> that anything's as important <laughs> as dance. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. And nothing's going to stop me. Not even you or a lollipop. And I was wow. like, oh, I was like, hey, Oakley, I think she's serious about this dance thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, they, they show those signs in, in different ways. Like for Emma, it was uh, she would stand on her toes when she was like two or three and somebody pointed out, Hey, you know, she might be interested in ballet and, um, and she's just always dancing. Even when she was in school, like she would stand up and she would be moving her feet. And it took us about a year or two to realize she was tapping. Ah, yeah. Cause she was a really good tapper. Yeah. Yeah. Still is. And, so. and yeah, she went through phases. Like there was one year she loved to tap and then there was another year she loved to point. And right now she loves whatever it is her dance team does, so, <laughs> uh, which is a variety of hip hop, kick, military, you know, it's that kind of style. But I think right now she's just in that phase. She likes being a teenager. So. Yeah. And I was going to ask you one of the things about the dance squad, being on a dance team versus a ballet uh, company mm-hmm. is it really does seem like more of a unit where everyone's, yeah. they're doing this combined dance together all the time versus some people have solos or certain parts of things. And it seems like a, a cohesive unit. Yeah. Yeah. We're finding that with the Harbor Playhouse a lot too. It's, it's, it was really interesting to watch the kids rehearse for Matilda right now. And what we're seeing is them like, they have this real tight friendship and they've been rehearsing for five, six weeks. Oak was probably going to say it's been like nine or 10 actually. Uh, but <laughs> By the time it, this airs. Oh yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, you know, and they got seven years sh- ago, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have their show Friday and you know, I picked up, five of them last night to take them home because mm-hmm. the director's kids have to stay. So we're taking, taking them home. And, and it's like, they have this connection that I haven't seen uh, because they're all part of the same like movement and the yeah. same art project. And, you know, we see that in ballet too with the older ballets, but it's just really interesting to see the young kids connect and be like, they're just part of something bigger. Yes. And that's really cool. Yeah. So. And it's really neat to see Emma have that esprit de corps with the group of girls she's dancing with right now. And they really are helpful for each other. I think that was one of the factors that really got her to want to do that dance team was that people were cheering her on as she auditioned. And she was like, no one's ever done that for me before. Because, you know, ballet, it's very competitive. And, you yeah. know, when, when you audition, it's just you. And yeah. you're all trying you're all trying for that top spot. And everyone's secretly hoping you trip. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No matter how much they hug you, you know, they're secretly hoping that you did badly enough that they, they eke past you. And... Uh, with this dance team, you know, they, they're still competitive. There's still some folks that are fighting for that top spot, but the majority of them just want to make the team, make the dance, because they have to audition every week to do the dance at the football games, at the performances. So it's not just like, oh, I'm on the team. No, that's can, right. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize it was a weekly thing. So especially, yeah. I know to get like the top parts or the, the solos or, or the special standout positions, you have yeah. to audition, but it's a weekly weekly thing yeah you, you can't just sit on your laurels laurels even if it's a dance you learned at the beginning of the school year if they're going to perform it again towards the end of the school year you all have to audition just to put on the uniform and be out there and dance on the on the field with everybody else and that's uh, crazy yeah it, every every time they go out and perform they've got to audition wow yeah 
I didn't realize that. So, and, I mean, it's one of those things like dance and ballet and the girls auditioning for Harper Playhouse or friends of mine's kids. Like, I had volleyball's become like this big sport. It has. Like, all of a sudden, it just yeah. blew up in Corpus, and everyone's kids are playing volleyball. I, it's the Curlies, man. The Curlies, yeah. CC Jason Curley. Uh, like <laughs> we got to get him on here. And CC Storm. We can talk volleyball and politics yeah. all day. For like, and and, and little did you know you're actually getting on a Dance Dads podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's what you're Maybe getting that'll today. that'll be our title for this one. <laughs> but it's it seems like those sports or the, the football and baseball, they're so important to life skills, life growing up. I mean, looking back and accepting failure, I was on terrible teams mm-hmm. growing up as a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, me too. I learned to lose really well. I learned to hate it. I didn't learn to love winning. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that has to be number one all the time. Yeah. But I can't lose to certain people. Yeah. And so that's and what drives me sometimes more than getting the top spot. I'm okay being number 19 as long as that person's number 20. Yeah. And I think <laughs> as a kid, if all you ever did is win, 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 I think that sets you up for worse failure when yeah. you're older because I have heard story after story of that, you know, that guy who just was always on a winning team, always a starting player, and then finally gets to college or gets to that pro level and now they're getting their comeuppance because now they're up against people who are just as good or better than they are, and they've never experienced defeat before. So when they do fall on their butts, they don't know how to take it. And I actually yeah. saw just as last year, there's a, a girl, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I know, if, and I'm sure my daughter doesn't listen to the show or any of her <laughs> friends, so I can get away with this. But uh, there was you know, an audition for the top spot on the dance team, and uh, one of the girls who had never really been passed up for the top spot before got passed up and somebody else eked by and beat her well this person went with like it just completely imploded i mean she went with like creating drama quitting mm-hmm. the team and all because she didn't get the top spot yeah. and i thought wow that is sore loser ship i don't know if that's a word but yeah i mean yeah, yeah it's just, uh I mean, and we've seen the stories where the the kid doesn't make the team and then the mom goes and complains to the school board i think it was somewhere up in new jersey or yeah. something but then the school board's like well everybody makes it and then, oh, like, all gosh. the girls that worked really hard and really well, they're like, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, it means nothing. the value is gone. I mean, we fought hard for this. We worked hard. And then, in the end, because one person got mad and somebody's yeah. parent jumped in, you're, you're just going to give it away now? It, it cheapens what other people had earned. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I want my kids to fail on some level. Ayla's a pretty gifted dancer, and it mm-hmm. comes naturally. I don't know where from. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, she's always kind of been a little bit ahead a year or two of yeah. her, her peers. Um, and there's a bunch of great dancers at the studio, but uh, she hadn't been in a position where she's gotten some special parts. She's gotten some standout parts. And so we've always tried to keep her humble mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, knock her down a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, I was going to ask, how do you keep that balance to like, you don't let her talent or her gift get to both her head and your own. So yeah. Well, that was yeah. The, part of that is like, as a dad, you want to, you know, be the rooster and, and, and just walk tall and be like, my, my daughter's the best. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality <laughs> is, I mean, uh, I had to get over that pretty quick mm-hmm. uh, because I could see that happening in her. And if I didn't change my attitude about it, it would creep into her and she'd yeah. be like, I want her to have confidence and not arrogance. And I think we get the confidence of God, but not the arrogance of Satan. Yes, like, <laughs> that's a good way to say that. And yeah. we want her to be confident so she can walk to somebody and, and introduce herself and know that when she goes out there, she's a great dancer. And that part, she earned it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't given to her. And we always say, you know, one day you may get this part, you know, because she has dreams in certain parts, you know, especially not cracker. Everyone wants to be. Everybody wants Everybody, to be Clara. Clara, the Sugar yeah. Plum Fairy. And I was like, you you have to dance well enough to get that. Mm-hmm. None of it's given to you. Yeah. And so it, and she keeps that in her. And so she works really hard. Uh, we just kept her thinking about being grateful for the position mm-hmm. that she's been given on uh, certain dances. Like she was Baby June and, uh, in Gypsy recently. Okay. Yeah. So she had a little, like her own solo. She was like the lead for two songs sang and danced and everyone was just enthralled by her and oh, wow. I was like oh wow man we were crying because she she surprised us mm-hmm. and uh, she did really good but it's like hey you know that's that that was your time you shined but you you be polite to everybody yeah yeah you do not you, yes ma'am no ma'ams thank you yeah because you might have been the better dancer but you're not better than exactly you're, you're a piece yeah. of the you're a big piece of that ballet yeah. you're a big piece of that uh, show and you're also replaceable. 
Yes. <laughs> That's the number one. And what really taught her that was going to some of these dance competitions. Oh, yeah. Where she may have been one of the better dancers, you know, top 10% of her class here. She went to these ballet competitions and, and didn't even place, didn't get top 12, didn't get top 20. The first year she went and she came back and I was really curious how she's going to take it. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, I know what I need to get better at. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, these kids are just crazy. And we're like, crap, we know what you need to get better at too and where we need to get better as parents. Yeah. And so we we added private lessons in like crazy after that. And uh, it's helped. And she got the chance to place at one show. And then she's, you know, got to go to New York last year or early this year yeah. because of that. I think it's really interesting that, you know, she showed her commitment for an art or, you know, just anything. And, you know, a lot of parents I know of, like my mom would have done this and she had done this in my life. And that was, she would talk me down from whatever I was excited about. And you and Oakley saw, Hey, Ayla is showing a lot of passion and commitment for dance. Yes. We will support this. We will put money into this. We'll put time and effort into taking her there. Mm-hmm. And as long as she's committed, we're also committed. And, and you met her there and, and you see it, you know, the fruit of her experiences, you know, I mean, she is good. I mean, it just, she's good. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's got some gift that I can't explain and, and she's got crazy enough parents to let her do it. But you, mm-hmm. know, you guys are the same. I mean, Olivia yeah. is wholly committed I mean, to the ballet so much that she worked there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she oh, did yeah. a fantastic job by the way. And I think we, thank you. One of the best run <laughs> ticket sales in a long time. Um, uh, and yeah, sold out school shows. Yeah. They've never had that. Yeah. You know, and she, it's yeah. because she loves it. And that's the, yeah. The whole thing about finding a passion in what you do, uh, you may not like your job, but you can find the parts of it that you like. And, yes. Um, you know, your son, uh, Jacob, the photography thing is, yes. he's pretty damn good at that. He is very good at that. Yeah. Uh, and it was amazing because up until maybe his, yeah, right before his junior year, you know, he, he had thought baseball was his thing, but I started to notice around eighth grade. He really isn't that committed to baseball. Yeah. And he would ask for gear uh, just to be like the cool kids. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, do you really like the game? And he's like, yeah. Cause, and I could tell he was saying it because he thought that's what dad wanted to hear. Yeah. That, and that's, and, a, that's an important thing right there is, is to not make your kids do something just because they think he wants you, you to do that. Yeah. And I think the best thing that could have happened to him because if this didn't happen, I don't think we would have discovered he loves photography. And that was his baseball coach soft, at the end of sophomore year pulled him aside because he evaluates every single player, gives him <laughs> some one-on-one coaching. And he just said to him, hey, you are never going to make varsity with me. And chances are next year when you try out, you will be cut unless you make some drastic changes and improvements. But you know, I honestly think you've peaked out. I was on the same side of that conversation. And I told the coach, it's fine. I don't need to go to college. Yeah. Because he burst my junior year, I would say half of our team was terrible. <laughs> we were like, we had, we had the most juniors ever on junior varsity. Yeah. Because there were so many good freshmen and sophomores. And the coach was, did what he's supposed to do. Looking back, I was like, yeah, he actually did me a great favor. And I got, my senior year was my best year ever because I had so many good friends that I would have never met. Yeah. If I had stuck trying to be the cool kid playing baseball. Yeah. And I was not even close to being the cool kid playing <laughs> baseball. I was like hey. the dorky kid playing baseball. And I remember when the coach said this to Jacob, Liv was mad. Like, how can he talk to kids like that? He's a coach. He's supposed to uplift them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Liv. I just mocked your voice. But uh, <laughs> Joseph's giving me free beer, so uh, I blame Joseph. Uh, anyway, I, I turned to Liv and I said, you know, what the coach told him is not as important as how Jacob responded to that coaching. Yeah. Because I was committed to baseball. I wasn't very good at baseball, but I was committed to baseball because when my coaches told me I was on the, the brink of being cut, I started showing up early, leaving late, and I would just work hard and hustle and hustle for very minute gains. Mm. Just enough to not get cut from the team. Right. But I was putting in the time. I was putting in you know the weekends. I'd gather my friends up to do batting practice. And that was because I was committed to a game. Even if I wasn't good at it, I was committed. Yeah. I mean, it's and, part of just your natural work ethic yeah, and, and, and different, you know, your personality styles to is probably driven to, to, to finish commitments. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really and important. To, with Jacob, when he got that same kind of feedback, his response was, well, gee, aren't you my coach? <laughs> and, and he quit. My son quit. And 
I was like, well, okay, well, baseball really was not your thing. Yeah. And he's like, but the coach said this to me. Can you believe he said that to me? I'm like, yeah, I can. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, remember when I kept telling you your freshman year that, you know, when practice is over, all your friends go off to the batting cage and they spend another two hours in the batting cage. Mm. And I'm like, what did I always point out that you were doing that your friends weren't doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, no, come on. I said it every day. I picked you up. What did I say? And he said, um, why aren't you in the batting cage with all your friends? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, because you would have your shoes on. Like he hadn't even dismissed you guys yet. And you had your gear packed, your shoes on, and you're ready to go home. All your buddies grabbed their bats and gloves and baseballs and went into the batting cage for another two hours until coach shut off the lights. Then they were pulling their cars up and shining lights into the batting cage with their headlights. That's dedication. That's commitment. That's also not wanting to go home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Some too. That, yeah, yeah, because uh, some of the like eighty percent of those kids are probably dedicated. There's that twenty percent. They're like, I don't have to go home. I'm here with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and, and of course their grades probably suffered too. Yeah, and uh, and so I, I I realized you know what, coach probably did Jacob a favor. He really didn't like sticking around. He wasn't committed to getting better. And I just told him, look, I'm okay with you getting cut. Because if if you had said the opposite, if you said, you know what, I want lessons, I want to make the team, I don't, I want to prove the coach wrong, I would have been behind that. But he didn't. He he quit. So I was like, I'm not buying him any more equipment. Yeah. But then we discovered, hey, wait, he takes really good pictures with the iPhone, like better than people with iPhones do. And it was the language he used around taking photos that I realized this kid's gotten training somehow. And then I later learned. This guy watches YouTube video after YouTube video about how to take great pictures. Hmm. And I'm like, how have I not known this? And his girlfriend actually is the one who told us that she can always count on him talking about photography for hours if he gets sleepy on the phone. And I was like, <laughs> wait, kids still talk on the phone for hours. Uh, well, it's more like Snapchat or FaceTime, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they would talk. And his, I got to tell you, Facebook Messenger yeah. is, is an interesting thing. Oh, man. I have some Facebook conversations with some friends that are like, we would never talk about this stuff <laughs> if it wasn't typed out. Yeah. Jeff gifts after uh, oh, so much elements. That's a cool language in itself. Like yeah. gift responses. I love yeah, it. But see, yeah. And you could probably, when he started talking about photography, see the difference in his face and yes. his voice patterns. And yeah, it's like yeah. when and, uh, Joss starts talking about animals and when she starts uh-huh. talking about all these things. Cause we, she had went through the piano thing and she learned enough to, before she can keep it uh, violin. She picked it up. Mm-hmm. decently pretty quick she's got really good manual dexterity but she wasn't willing to keep practicing at it yeah and so like okay we're just we're gonna let you finish off your lessons and then we're done yeah and uh, she's got that personality where if she's not gonna be good at something she's gonna quit mm-hmm. which is fine I mean it's it's a weird thing as a parent because yeah. Oakley's one of those that's you did this you're committed to it you got to finish it out and which I appreciate a lot because uh, I'm I'm the well if this is if I'm not gonna be good at this white why am I going to try mm-hmm. until you find out one thing that's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. Cause it I'm, will, I'm willing to suck at this so I can get better. Yeah. And that's kind of why I feel like the podcasting thing. I was like, I want to, I need to suck. I need to get through the craziness oh, yeah. of trying to get, get us off the ground. And then, you know, who knows two, three years where we're going to be. And exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, but I decided to torture myself by listening to the first, you know, six or seven episodes of beyond the rut. And I wasn't even the host. I was the, the producer in the background, and I did the intro and the outro, or the closing, if you want to say it that way. And, man, I was cheesy as heck. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, I thought I was cheesy now, but no, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, here, listening to Beyond the Rut. And I'm like, what? <laughs> when did I become Ed McMahon? Or here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. I, I get radio voice really good. Yeah. That Jocko Willenick thing going on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And there's just like, I think I was trying to find my voice on that show in the beginning. Yeah. Your literal yeah. and your and your metaphorical voice, I mean, yeah. is kind of a weird thing. You know, putting headphones on and hearing yourself. And I know, Jen, the first time we, we, we put these on and it's kind of as a, a joke. And uh-huh. she's like, oh. This is great. Yeah. This is and so you cool. like deep in your voice and you're like, Hey, so what I would like to talk about is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when I went to podcast movement, I mean, I had my headset, I had headsets on of some kind at every booth I went to and I tried all these different microphones and I realized when I came back from podcast movement, I was talking with a podcasting voice. Yeah. Like I was like, my voice just got deeper every time I talked and I would pause. You're like, Hey Liv. Like, <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like 
like Oakley used to tell me when I was in Toastmasters a lot. I, I spent years in Toastmasters and did speeches after speeches, won a ton of awards, uh-huh. and got to speak on big stages in the competitions and stuff. And there would be times that I didn't know I was trying out material on her. Oh, but I was. And yeah. she looked at me one day. She goes, don't public speak me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's like the lawyer. Don't go home and, you know, be combative with your wife just because you're a lawyer. That's what you do all day. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, don't public speak me. And I'm like, uh, oh, yeah. lesson learned. I didn't, I didn't even yeah. know I was doing that. Every, every time I learned something through my work, I would take it home and try it out on my family. Like, <laughs> fierce conversations, like coaching techniques. I would try it out on my son. Like, hey, where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know. Where would it be if you did know? Well, I guess Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah, have you heard of Chris Voss? I've heard the name. But He's it, a, an author, and he has this the whole thing about yes questions and getting yeah no questions and, and all those different things. So I'm kind of, I just got his book, so I'm going to be pouring into that. But one go. of my agents is really big into that, and it's really interesting. But it, he's like, it's like, you're doing the Chris Voss thing, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't Medi-Giant yeah. uh, Medi trick me. Yeah. Jedi mind trick me. So are, you, are you telling me that you're giving up? on looking for a house well no no because no. people automatically say yes uh to certain questions oh yeah but uh, you kind of want to get to the no question because they don't like wait no i don't want to say no yeah yeah so um yeah that's really interesting so uh kind of yeah. transitioning back you when he got into photography uh-huh. as a parent what did that look like because you're like, hey, this stuff's not ch-. like it really isn't cheap. No, it's <laughs> to not. To do it well. Um, so when we realized that is a thing that he's very passionate about, um, we started digging in deeper because we're like, okay, cameras are expensive. How do we know he's really passionate about it? And so you know, we, we dug deeper. And we just asked some questions like, you know, how did you learn this stuff? And you know, some of the answers we did have to go to his girlfriend and get those answers. Like, you know, how did he learn this? And and so she was the one who would tell us how much he you know watches youtube for this stuff and then we just kind of phased into it we're like so that was around the time emma made clara in the ballet oh yeah and we wanted to do a professional photo shoot of her but we didn't we didn't want to spend the money on a photographer i guess yeah i mean some of the guys here it's you know four or five six hundred bucks a session yeah so we borrowed uh my sister-in-law has a nice camera it's a it's a point and shoot so it wasn't a dslr but uh i think probably top of the line of those point and shoot cameras yeah, which I wish I could tell you it was yeah uh, so we borrowed that from her handed it to him and said hey let's take pictures of, of Emma in her costume and and that'll be the photo shoot and he loved it so he's picking out locations and they're great you know Heritage Park along the waterfront that kind of thing and all the camera angles he's he is setting up the shots and other than the fact that he left the timestamp or the date stamp on the yeah, image, just a small uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean we could crop those out, and but other than that, you had no idea that a sixteen or seventeen year old kid took those photos. You, you would have thought we hired a professional and handed that person a DSLR camera, but it was him on a point and shoot camera, and we thought, well, he is good. Yeah, because I mean, half of photography is just pure vision. Yeah, and I think as a parent when it comes down to seeing your kids finding some outlet for their vision mm-hmm. or a place that actually gets them to get one, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, like when Joss got into theater, she's only eight. I mean, so she's been up and through these things and, you know, you got to find out where you're going to push them. Mm-hmm. You know, violin, that was, I'm not going to die on that hill. <laughs> That's not the battle <laughs> I'm going to fight with her. And she did soccer and I was like, I'm definitely not winning that one because yeah. I don't want to be outside. <laughs> it's 110 <laughs> degrees. And I'm like, I don't want to be there. But when she got into acting, we're like, this is a huge commitment for you. Mm-hmm. It's a giant commitment for your mom and for me, because, you know, just cause you have a little bit part and you come out for 10, 15 minutes of a two hour play. You're there the whole time. Yeah. And we have to drop you off, pick you up every it's rehearsal, 20 miles from our house, every costume fitting. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we're going to, we're going to commit to it if you are. And it was the one thing, that we looked at her and we're like, oh, this is her thing. Mm-hmm. And we always kind of kidded at that, but, you know, it's to find that. It's like, okay. So taking that, how did you get into podcasting? Because that seems to be something you're very passionate about. Yeah. Uh, it, it started from, I have this passion for helping men realize life could be so much better than the image that we're given by society. Mm-hmm. So it started from that. And so what, what would that image be? 
that you think that society is giving them? Uh, that hyper masculine, like we all got to be tough guys. Yeah. You know, we got to really have no emotion. You know, we got to, we got to tell, you know, dirty jokes and always check out women and you know, that kind of <laughs> thing. You know, like, you know, I'm not a man unless I'm sleeping with 18 different women. So, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That, yeah. Shoot. I grew up, uh, my two people I idolized on TV was Alan Alda and MASH, mm-hmm. Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. And then Sam Below and like Cheers. every nurse yeah. in the camp. Yeah. And so I was like, dude, you know, Sam yeah. and, and Alan Alda. And... That's the archetype male. <laughs> that was that the archetype of the 90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah and... very nice Jordan Peterson word there. <laughs> yeah, but they never show you the, the real-life story of those guys. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, the kids who are left in a broken home because dad is out sleeping with 18 different women and mom caught him and... Guess who's not coming home ever again? And, yeah, or you get a nine iron to the back of the head like yeah. that. So. Uh, or, you know, the, the the man who's such a tough guy that he can't be tender at home. So he's the tough mm. guy at home and he beats his children, beats his wife. And you just see all those problems, you know, just uh, men who aren't even engaged at home. So then their wives grow apart and then leave them. And so it getting into podcasting started from this vision on my heart to speak publicly about that how Hmm. what does a healthy relationship look like for men what does a healthy uh, sense of masculinity and manhood look like you know because it's out there it's right there in front of our faces but we don't want to attain it because it may seem boring or maybe doesn't seem as powerful as it really truly is yeah and you got the juxtaposition of that with the man bun and yeah. the over feminization of men. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oakley's like, did he use juxtaposition right? <laughs> We're gonna Google this word and see if he did it right. Uh, but yeah, because that's that's the balance. We we it yeah. seemed like we went from John Wayne to you know the man. If you have a man bun, that's that's your personal decision, whatever. But we kind of gone from super masculine to super feminine, and and lost mm-hmm. the balance of the you know the, the Tim Allen type. Yeah. character from home improvements or last man standing where you could be manly and caring at the same time mm-hmm. and tim allen of course caricaturizes caricaturizes yeah. there we go that's it's a word today caricature. um a book that comes to mind is uh written by a guy named Stu weber called tender warrior oh yeah yeah a very good book uh, excerpt, excerpt yeah that's a word i can't say excerpts excerpt <laughs> i read small pieces of that book <laughs> yeah and his opening story though he talks about you know being a green beret serving in Vietnam and uh, just being a warrior. But then from there, he talks about how really what our families need from us and what society needs from us is a man who's balanced. Mm -hmm. We know when to be a warrior. We also know how and when to be tender. And so when we're out there defending our families from the world, you got to be the warrior. Yeah. But then when you turn inward and you're with your family, you got to be tender. And, you know, so that was kind of the platform I, I wanted to go off of. And so I had a blog at the time, but I thought, well, the, the vision I've got on my heart is to be a speaker. How do I showcase my public speaking if all I do is write? And so then mm. I thought, well, I don't want to be on video because that takes too long to edit. And then it just hit me. I'm like, I listen to podcasts. Why can't I get into podcasting? So turns out I love podcasting and <laughs> that in itself. So I started a show called Family Time Q&A. Uh, and the way that started, I ran home because I was on a jog, and uh, I guess maybe from the euphoria, that's where I got the yeah, idea. Yeah, actually, well, there's, there's there's actual data that shows Rudder's High is amazing for creativity. Oh yeah, and I get my best thoughts when I'm out walking my dog, or yeah, like I started doing five mile walks and runs on Sundays, and I get some of my best thinking done. Uh, sweating yeah, and my turns tail out off. my best editing and my best writing for Beyond the Rut is after a run, and then it's like. I got to get going because I got to get to work. <laughs> so it's a good <laughs> thing I wake faster, up. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I got to not dilly dally from 5 a.m. till about 5:40. Like that's my running time. And you know why am I? Wait, you actually run at 5 a.m. Uh, I do. Well, I get up. That's I get up at five, and right. I'm supposed to be out the door by 5:05, and and walk for five minutes, and then run. Well, really jog uh, for about 30. Okay. And, yeah. and then I'm back home by then. And they call it wogging. Yeah. Walk so with occasional jog. Yes. So that's where I am right now. And of course, by the end of September, I hope to be full on jogging because Brandon, the co-host of Beyond the Rut, talked me into doing a 5K mud run with him. And oh, nice. That's which next which one are you going to do? It's called Thunder Dash. Oh, I haven't seen that Right one. outside of San Antonio. It's got uh, 26 obstacles. Nice. The thing's a blast. There's a 40-foot uh, cliff climb. Oh, yeah. Those, so I've done uh, Warrior Dash. And uh-huh. then Oakley and I stupidly... 
you shouldn't sign up for things when you've been drinking. Yeah, that's a horrible and idea. For my birthday, <laughs> uh, it was a Christmas special, and it was the Spartan Run. Oh, and we had been it was like Christmas Eve or something, and they had this like fifty percent off thing, and then it turned <laughs> out like on, it was May eighth. You died, but you Austin, got a great deal, <laughs> and it was it was a five k. Uh, it was they had the short one it was like a five mile one. And uh, they got, uh, you know, it's like, okay, that's my eighth. And she goes, hey, the Spartan, the mid one is on your birthday. Oh. I said, she said, man up. And oh, I was, so it was 10 to 13 miles. Yeah. And we did that thing. And she's a tender warrior, though. You can get out of that. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, I don't fall for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, we did that race and I almost died. Like, yeah. She did it with me. So, I mean, and, uh, we weren't used to the hills. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, Corpus is flat. Yeah, and Austin has hills. And it was so yeah. bad. I was so beat up after that. I didn't... Chicken fried steak's like my favorite meal. Mm-hmm. And we went to Cheddar's, got this big old chicken fried steak, and the only thing I ate was green beans. Really? Because I was so just... I had never felt that exhausted in my entire wow. life. Wow. So, it's crazy what the body actually craves, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like just water and green beans. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to do tender, well, not tender warrior, thunder dash. dash. Thunder dash. Yes. <laughs> Maybe there should be a tender warrior. Tender yeah. Dash. <laughs> Afterwards, like, ah, I need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> I got Care Bears along the way. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so that's cool. So, yeah. so I didn't realize you got up that early, man. That's Yeah. Uh, I've been, always wanted to be the guy that got up that early. But I read a book called, now, since leaving the Army, I'd gotten away from waking up that early. And I just... I wasn't going to work my best self. So I'd get up like at 7.30, 7 o'clock, and just have enough time to get ready to get out the door to go to work. And I thought, man, but I want to write. I want to produce this show beyond the rut. I want to build a speaking career. I don't have any time. Yeah. And then I read Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Miracle Morning. Morning. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the rap? No. Okay, I'll send you a link. There's a... Man, who's the guy? Uh, and I, I can't get the audio to play on here. So, oh man! Uh, but we'll keep going. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. So, uh, so I read his book. Uh, his story is phenomenal too. I mean, the guy died and was told when he when he didn't die, he was told he'd never walk again. And well, within a year or two, he's running. And it's like, hey, I told you, doctors. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he shares his his miracle morning routine called Savers, and he gets up at five o'clock in the morning and for two hours. He's just strictly pouring into himself. So from a sales perspective, if you're looking to find that balance in your life and grow yourself two hours before you actually need to get ready for work, it's the time to do it. So since I, I needed to get ready for work at seven, I just went back two hours. Oh, gotcha. And yeah, because it's exercise, uh, meditate, or pray. Yeah, so uh, savers, uh, S is for silence, A is for affirmations. Right, yeah, which is uh, awesome. V is for visualize. So what is it I want to achieve today, tomorrow, a Is that through journaling or just, uh, reading, just your, reading your goals? Um, so as affirmations and visualization kind of go hand in hand, it, at least for me it does. Um, so affirmations, you're just telling yourself truths that, you know, I am a good person. Um, and since I'm Christian, I, I throw a lot of, you know, God's truth in there. I am a son of God. Uh, I've been created in his image. I've been created with dignity. Um, I'm not perfect, but because of him, I am made perfect and made new. And so I, I get to say those things to myself in the morning. Yeah, I always tell people I don't have Jesus because I am perfect. I had Jesus because I'm far from it. Yes. Yeah, because if <laughs> we were perfect, we would get Jesus. And then, 70 times a day. <laughs> yeah. And so then V is visualized. So what do I see for my life? Yeah, today, tomorrow, five years from now, that kind of thing. E is for exercise, R is for reading, and S at the end of savers is for scribing or journaling. Journaling, And now you don't have to do it in that order. That's Hal Elrod's order. For me, it's roll out of bed, pray, and then I combine exercise and reading. Well, my Bible uh, is in the morning, so I've got the Bible app, and I listen to it as I am walking. And, And then, of course, once the workout starts, I'm listening to scriptures being read to me. And uh, which is a commitment in itself because I'd rather listen to some music that has 180 beats per minute type of tempo because <laughs> that would keep me on pace. But uh, listening to scriptures is what I, you know, that's how I get those two together. And then once I'm home, I shower up and I get to writing. So it's not so much journaling as it is um, some sort of creative work. 
So beyond yeah, the word editing yeah, yeah. or writing, that kind of thing. Yeah, like my morning's a little bit different, but I, I one of the things I've put back into place uh, is my morning walks with God. There was a long time ago when we first started the office, and where my goal was to bring Oakley home. It was mm-hmm. I was out five thirty six in the morning doing walks, and I was just praying and do mile or two miles and yeah. Uh, back in April, I think it was, I started walking the dog just to take it off yeah. Oakley's plate. And we started doing little videos, and it became. I think I've walked her pretty much every day, mm-hmm. uh, every morning, uh, either at night or uh, in the morning or at night, uh, and that's become my time. And then I started adding in pastors, like Stephen Furtick's my morning pastor. Okay. So I'm 15 to 30 minutes with Stephen Furtick, and then recently I've been kind of like just doing silence. Uh, get, you know, first thing I first thing I look at in the morning is my Bible, and it's like, what's the scripture of the day? Try to you know digest one scripture. And then get a little bit of the you know the readings uh, on the UVerse Uversion. Yeah, 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 which is an amazing tool. Oh, I, mean, I love that, that. That 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 whole thing is about is is a, such a cool story about. Let's just put the Bible on an app, and then it's spread out to yeah. seventy million people. It's available something. to everybody for free. Yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah, because they could have made millions off of it. But, well, they could have. But yeah, that's not important when you're you're that guy. So here's a uh, if you look up Chris Record. Okay. The Miracle Morning Rap. He's a, a public speaker. Uh, he has all these different raps about the entrepreneur life and selling stuff online. It, it, he wears this orange hat. It's kind of kind of kitschy, <laughs> but he's really good. The girls love it, and it, it, the whole thing is get up, get out, and get something, and talk about start starting your morning right. So this record, okay, yeah. It's kinda, I don't know if that's his real name or his, he's a entrepreneurial entrepreneurial rapper, which is a interesting thing. So. So back to the podcast, though. Yes. Um, We're like doing this with ADHD. No, we? no. That's the way it's, it's <laughs> for, man. That's, what, that's the way these things are supposed to go. Yeah. You know, but the funny thing is I'm not a really great conversationalist in person. Uh-huh. Like I'll talk to people uh, and we'll kind of sit. But if you're at a bar or if you're at dinner with somebody, it does the conversation does not flow nearly as good as it does mm. with the podcast. Because like Jen and I have known each other really good. We're really close friends. And uh, we talked, but it's like, it's different talking on here. And we had a friend yeah. on last night who I've, we've hung out with probably a hundred times. And it was the first time we sat and talked for like an hour. Wow. But, but then you realize we can't be interrupted. Uh-huh. We're totally focused and engaged on each other. And we have to talk. And there's something about microphones that make you just share your deepest, darkest secrets yeah. with the it's, world. It's the headphones, man. And, yeah. It's, it's like, so cool. Uh, You're like, I, I'm just telling myself this. But, yeah. And there's hundreds, if not thousands of people out there who are going to hear it. And we never think about that. So. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe it's that connection about there's there's somebody that's going through the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're going through or been in the same situation. Because, I mean, that's, that's that's the whole vision of me with the podcast was this, the idea was behind this is there's dads out there yeah. who are struggling. There's business owners out there who are struggling. And there's dad business owners and mom business owners oh, yeah. that are struggling to balance it all. I mean, I was talking to a good friend of mine today and he's like, my wife doesn't get it. She doesn't understand what I go through. She thinks now that I'm self-employed, he quit his job and 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 he's self-employed now that uh, that he has free, more freedom. I was like, no, yeah. man, you lose. You have anything but freedom. You have freedom to schedule yourself, but then they realize that if you want to make money, you have to schedule yourself a lot. Yeah, you got to schedule yourself and, to do some work and make money. Yeah, yeah and, and it's nothing against her uh, because it's people don't know what they don't know yeah. until they know. And it's Oakley and I went through it. Uh, all these people that we know have been through it and what helped her was getting around other entrepreneurs other yeah. people in the industry and so and Oakley's a really darn good entrepreneur herself yeah yeah she yeah. has uh, she has a great sales skill she's driven she's one of those people if you oh. give her a plan she'll do it oh yeah and yeah. that's like with homeschool she's like here's the plan here's what we're doing <laughs> and we're making it happen so she's actually going to be on here hopefully pretty soon there you go uh, do a special yeah. homeschool episode of the, our chaos of our schedule one episode. of the common things we talk about on beyond the rut all the time is the the concept of like the job jail mm. or the golden handcuffs and specifically uh, lately especially we've been talking about the golden handcuffs so uh, and our target audience is that man who's in his 30s or 40s is married with children yet and has this great corporate job house car and so on the outside everything looks great it's the 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 truman show yeah yeah it's the the quote-unquote american dream yet when you talk to that man he is just hollow inside he's not living a fulfilled life and it it could be for a variety of reasons 
but the common denominator we found in these guys is that they are stuck in a job jail. You know, they, they might be good at their job, but they hate their job. They hate the commute going in. Mm. They hate the commute coming home. They, you know, they get up early to drive in their car for an hour and they're usually stuck in traffic during that hour. Oh yeah. And then they get, crazy. yeah, they get to work and it's just putting out fires and then mm-hmm. they get in their car drained and they have to sit in their car for another hour before they get home. And then they've got nothing left for their families. Yeah. And you ask them, why do you, <laughs> yeah, why do you go through that? And it's because I have to make a paycheck. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and, and I, I, you know, it's, you're saying that it, I think that's one of the appeals and fascinations right now with socialism is the idea that wait the nanny state can take care of you they'll take care of me so i don't have to go through all the crap i'm going through because (laughs) i think we put so much pressure on ourselves to make this quote-unquote great living that men especially men because it's Mm -hmm. a scorecard for us are like hey i just got to put everything i can and my wife deserves this and she deserves that and if i buy this the kids will leave me alone and all this stuff versus you know just having a good life with them yeah and so yeah exactly what you're saying is is, is exactly right and then you put that on to hey i'm self-employed mm-hmm. now i'm not only getting a paycheck i'm responsible for paychecks of other people you're like oh yeah the weight of that is just yeah enormous uh but we're also driven to work you know the man god mm-hmm. said we'll toil the earth and i think a lot of our purpose is in work yeah but very first thing right. that god told adam was go get to work yeah name everything yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of uh, Brad Stein. If you heard, <laughs> no. he has a bit about naming every. I think so does Tim Hawkins. Uh, bits about naming everything. And he was just. He was like, uh, he got tired. He's like, it's just uh, fly. <laughs> bark, bark. He's like, a, he's like a fish had come later. It would just be called a swim. <laughs> so, so, a verb, that version of the verb. That's awesome. So. Uh, yeah, I think we get caught up in, you know, as Robert Kiyosaki says, the rat race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think he's got a video that's going around right now. It's about 14 or 15 minutes long. And he really dives into why it's so important to learn about money. Mm. And yeah. he compares, well, yeah, he compares the two dads, you know, his dad versus the rich dad. Mm-hmm. And it's very powerful. I mean, he, he even, I think, speaks up about you know, why socialism would not work, I mean, other than the fact that it has never worked. Um, yeah. You can have social programs. However, socialism itself just won't work. Yeah, you know? and I think he approaches it from a not just a political standpoint, but from the standpoint of if you take people's drive away, mm-hmm. it has social impacts that, you know, if you have an entire society of people who don't have a, pr- a purpose – or they don't feel like they're fulfilling thing, especially men. We got that hunter gatherer thing yeah. built deep in us to provide for our families. You take that element away, or that element to compete in the in a marketplace, and then, you know, what what do you have? You have yeah. a bunch of people who are just hopeless, and a bunch of people just feel like uh, just slobs because they have nothing to do. Yeah, and that's that's uh, it's not a cool thing, man. It's, yeah. I think people just will will give up and lose hope. And lose if once you lose your purpose, I think that's a huge thing. And so it made me think about is like you can love your job, mm-hmm. and it'd be good, but that's not necessarily your purpose in life. I think sometimes your job just funds your purpose. And I think finding things like you doing the podcast outside of your normal job, yeah, gives you this extra passion. It's like oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like going yeah. to work because work gives me the freedom to do the things I love. Yeah, and it's funny how the two have intertwined too, because there are things I've learned from podcasting that I could apply to my day job because I work in a learning and development department. And then there are things I learned from the field of learning and development in the corporate world that I also can apply to the podcast, especially beyond the rut. And I love how the two are intertwined. As long as I don't dabble in proprietary information on either side. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's just principles of life that are, mm-hmm. that you can take from one place to another. Oh yeah. 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 So, Cause I think uh, there's a lot of people that sell real estate who it's, it's not their passion, mm-hmm. but it's the freedom of the business. Which, oh, yeah. which can have freedom if you do it well, uh, and yeah. the and the income that can happen that funds your purpose, and that's kind of what I'm you know I'm finding too. It's like man, I've been wanting to do this podcast uh, for a long time, and I just had to get a certain place in the career to say okay, now is my time to do it. Plus, yeah. I, I they felt like I had to get enough story behind me to be able to have some authority to talk on, <laughs> you know, owning the business for the last ten years yeah, versus true. the person yeah. that came out of. I was watching a, a YouTube video on how to be a better podcaster. Uh, and it was some kid 
he's like 25 he's in the top 60 in youtube and i was like what is he the only thing he's ever done was start the podcast yeah and it's like brian buffini one of my mentors and one of your mentors is like you know, you, you've, you're on The Apprentice on, on Tuesday and write the book on Friday, and all of a sudden now you're the expert. <laughs> yes. And you had no history behind you. You had no life, you know, failure, no success behind you. Exactly, Just yeah. the knowledge. Now, yeah. I mean, there's there's a place for that because Napoleon Hill was not a successful businessman in his own right. Really? He he was uh, given the, the given the task by Andrew Carnegie to go study success. So he oh, was wow. a successful person, but he hadn't grown any major businesses. Yeah. But he took the knowledge that these people gave him and wrote this amazing book. And so there, there is something to that. And he was very successful at that, but yeah. he wasn't the one, you know, he didn't wow. start the giant business until after the fact. And uh, wow. it, it was, uh, he was just around the right people. Yeah. And He's, of course he was able to write and that was his gift. Yeah. To take yeah. all those concepts and yeah, you got to get into them. your gifting. Yes. Which is a, a whole other <laughs> topic. Maybe that's where we started there actually. Cause with our kids is as a parent is letting our kids, excel with their gifts mm-hmm. and letting your and pushing them to their gifts not mine because exactly. i guess maybe one of the questions yes. you know kind of in running back to ballet and uh is you know dance for me i, I like it i've been around it uh, i was around it in high school because my best friend's mom ran the ballet mm-hmm. and so we were around sets and all these different things and you know, so I had an appreciation for it, but it's, I would never go to a ballet on my own. Yeah. I would not go to the theater on my own. But when my kids showed interest in it, I did what you're, what I felt you're supposed to do as a dad is not say, Hey, well, no, let's go play golf. It's mm-hmm. so you want to dance. Okay. Well then let's start watching dance together on TV. Let's start watching YouTube. Let's watch all these things and I'll get interested in what you're interested in. Yeah. Not because I really care about dance, but I care about you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put my interest into you. Yeah. And then I just learned, to, I fell in love with it. I mean, the whole idea about it is really cool. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, I find myself like marveling at the, what people are doing in the dance world. But my real interest was in my children and in my wife. And then that just, I pointed my energy and time into that. Yeah. And what ways did your life get enriched because you became a dance dad? Uh, part of it was watching my kids work harder, made me work harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the expense of it, good lord! <laughs> <laughs> you had to work harder. Uh, made, yeah. I had to work harder. <laughs> uh, but really, I think one of the things I, I learned just from watching, because I'm a, I consider myself a noticer, mm-hmm. I, I tr- try to notice and, and learn the lessons from everybody. Is everything is hard work? Everything is an art form. Yeah. And the work ethic from the little kids to the big, the adults and the big kids is like, oh, if you're passionate about something. You could be really good at it. Yeah. And the what I love watching people excel in their giftedness. And I, I also love obscure, like really obscure, like championships because people are gifted at so many different things. Like I'm really into crumping right now. That's like my thing. I watch crumping, crumping. What uh, is that? It's like the insane clown posse dancing. Uh, it's step it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So there's like all these international competitions for uh-huh. this. There's little kids that just, it's like break dancing mixed with real hardcore hip hop. Okay. And so I, I, I'm going to hurt myself trying all this, but <laughs> it's also fun. The girls love to watch yeah. me do that, but it's like these things and, or there's like, uh, like all these rock climbing competitions. And I just love watching people excel in their passions. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because you can see they put so much effort into it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lesson I learned from watching the kids dance. Is yeah. And by being supportive of them, I mean, the, the key thing that I just picked up on was that your life has been enriched because you're supportive of yeah. what your daughters want to do, not oh, yeah, because of what you want them to do. Yeah, otherwise and, they'd all be playing golf. Yeah, and, and same for me. Like My real enrichment has been seeing our kids do what they're passionate about. I mean, it, it was fun doing baseball with Jacob, but you know, looking back, I'm pretty sure that there are a bunch of other things we could have done mm-hmm. that he would have loved a whole lot more. Yeah. And so it, it does break my heart a little bit. Like I love the memories I have with him on baseball. But there's also some down times where I was over competitive you know, <laughs> because I wanted to be competitive for him and I wanted him to have my passion. I had to back off and say, this is his game. I had my game. And, yeah. Well, and kids, know. I mean, kids start off wanting to be interested in what their parents are interested mm-hmm. in. And then there's a point where that has to flip. Yeah. 
And you're like, okay, I get this. Now, I do wish my kids picked up my passion for backpacking and hammock camping. but Well, sometimes you do have to drag them. (laughs) Like, I I make the kids, (laughs) like, when I do get a chance to play golf here in Corpus, uh, which is pretty rare uh, because of schedules, I'll take Mm -hmm. Joss with me, and she loves to cart. And she likes it because I like it. Yeah. And so there is a trade-off. I mean, you can't just be fully into your kids. Because uh, I think one of the biggest complaints I hear from dads is I feel like I'm losing myself. Mm. And I will say you don't you don't find out who you really are until you have kids. Yeah. But you also can't lose who you are because you have yeah. kids. And so that's why that time, getting the time to do the things that's important to you is, is really good. Unfortunately, I have a career where in real estate I love construction. And so we're flipping mm-hmm. houses and I love teaching and coaching. And, and so I get to do that on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and I'm not a believer in that saying of if you love what you do, it's, you know, it's what is it? Uh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yes. I was like, yeah, actually I love what I do. So I'm willing to work hard yeah. <laughs> every day of my <laughs> life. So, uh, cause it's, it's, I don't think there's ever a day where it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. It's just, I feel okay doing it and, yeah. and it feels good to go through it, but it, it does suck sometimes, but I'm willing to, to do that because of the kids and you know, it's also one of my passions. So uh, cool. Yeah. So then this is, you know, this has become like a new one trying this out and, yeah, uh, I'm excited about it. It becomes addicting, though. Yeah, uh, if we can get you to podcast movement 2020 <laughs> in Dallas, you will be like the real estate. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll tell right. you what, we're we're hitting an hour mm-hmm. on this this episode. So tell you what, we'll come back. We'll do a, a second episode with Jerry. Uh, Jerry's going to talk to us about podcast movement. Oh yeah, and so we'll kind of do a special podcasters podcast. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for uh, listening today. Look forward to uh, many more episodes to come. And if you want to check out Jerry, it's on Beyond the Rut, which is on Stitcher and everywhere podcasts yep. are available. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and... Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, BeyondTheRut.com. And BeyondTheRut.com. And on Facebook. And, uh, well, Jerry, thanks for being here. Yeah. And we'll uh, come back here in a few minutes to do uh, our next episode. Awesome. So thanks. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.